right, welcome back or welcome to the Stronger Stride podcast. It is so, so nice to have you here. My name is Sophie Lane. I will be your host of the day. Lydia is off somewhere doing something um, and we alternate these episodes. So one week you get me, next week you get both of us and a guest and then next week you get Lydia. So here I am. Hopefully you can put up with me for the next, hopefully about 30 minutes. We'll see how we go. Today's topic is all about interval training. So we had the Turbo 5000 track event the other day and it has inspired me to get more serious about my interval training. It's been something that I've been saying forever and ever and it seems to not happen but I'm hoping that today inspires me and inspires you to start adding in some more speed work into our routines. Now we're going to split today's episode up into two different parts. First part being more of our beginner entry-level rehab postpartum category and then our second category will be more for our runners who have been running consistently for quite a while now they're pretty comfortable with running for an hour Um, maybe they've got some goals coming up things like that okay so we're going to split them up into two parts I'm going to talk about the more entry-level version to start with so if that's not appropriate for you and if you're a pretty confident runner then I'll leave a timestamp in the um, caption what is that called bio whatever it is the show notes I'll leave a timestamp below so you can skip right ahead to the part that is more relevant to you but if you're a beginner stick through these next few minutes and I'm going to give you a little bit of insight into how you can incorporate intervals into your training. All right so for our beginners or for those runners who are just starting to get back into things maybe you've had an injury or some time off away from the sport maybe you've had a baby there could be a number of different reasons why you feel as though you're kind of starting from square one or you're wanting to kick things off. Now for your interval training it's going to look a little bit different Um, or it's going to feel a little bit different to those who are in the more advanced stage. But our principles remain the same. So what we want to be doing is running for an effort that feels relatively hard and then recovering in between and then repeating. So it's all about getting our heart rate up, getting it back down and repeating. Okay, so obviously we have our normal continuous running where we just head out the door and we plot along for however long we want. And that's cool. And that should make up majority of our running. So these interval sessions should really only be for most of us, maybe once a week, potentially twice. If you're a track athlete or a more competitive um, runner with a long training history, then maybe three times a week. But for most of us recreational runners, I think once a week is pretty reasonable um, for most of us to, to start hitting some intensity. Now, in terms of when to structure this, I think there is always a time for intervals. Now, obviously, we can peak in the lead up to an event or we can taper off after an event. There's different stages throughout our mesocycle or throughout our year of training. Um, But for the most part, I think we can all benefit from having some form of interval or speed session throughout the year. So how this is going to look is going to really depend on where you're at so it's one of those things where it is an individual there's no black and white but I will go through plenty of example sessions that you can take away and use straight away Um, and I just want to give you a few guidelines first so I think what can be the tricky part is if you're a complete beginner you may not be able to run for three minutes and you might google you know into a running session it might say five minutes hard two minutes easy times five or something like that and you might think I can't run for five minutes so that is impossible so what we need to figure out first of all is what your baseline is and if you're someone who can't run for more than five minutes then we're going to set your interval distance to be relevant to you so for example if you can run for two minutes straight and then you need to start walking your interval distance or duration 
should be more like a one minute effort. Okay, so you should be able to do one minute, have a rest, and you should be able to repeat that multiple multiple times. So I want you to just have a think about where you're at. Now, this only applies to a certain point. If you're someone who can run for half an hour, it doesn't mean that I want your intervals to be 25 minutes long and then repeating that. That's not quite how it works. This principle is more just for those who are still kind of just able to do a couple of minutes of running at the max. So if you're someone who can run for 10 minutes, this probably doesn't apply to you. So trying to find where your sort of threshold is or where your maximum time frame is and then cutting it back sort of 10 to 20%. Okay, so what that could look like is potentially you could be jogging for a minute and then you're going to walk for four minutes and you can repeat that six times. That's going to give you 30 minutes of a session. Okay, so that's just one example. Now, the thing that we can then start to do is play around with the variables and the progressions. So let's use that one minute on, four minutes off time six as our baseline example. If that's where you were to start, I would encourage you to do that session two or three times, you know, once a week for two or three weeks, and then you can start progressing. So you might transition to 90 seconds of jogging and three minutes of walking. So you just need to figure out what variables you're going to change. And again, it's going to be quite individual and it to be honest, doesn't really matter at this point. All we want to be doing is adding progression in some way. So whether that's increasing the duration of the effort, whether that's decreasing the duration of the rest period, whether that's increasing the number of reps or the intensity, so maybe going a bit faster, there's a number of different ways that you can modify and progress these sessions. Doesn't really matter which one you do at this stage, but as long as you're progressing, we don't want to just be stuck at this one minute, four minute, session forever so you can add 30 seconds you can take 30 seconds off the rest whatever you want to do is totally fine but let's think about ways that we can progress that if you're someone who's a little bit more advanced than that then we can start to look at um, choosing distances over time I think for most beginners time is a nice um, metric to use because it allows you no matter the terrain no matter um, any of the other variables you know you're still going to be able to hit that that effort or that intensity um, for the duration, whereas distance can be a little bit more particular, I guess. Okay, so working on choosing a time that's going to be reasonably challenging for you, but you'll be able to get through, giving yourself a good amount of recovery, and then uh, repeating multiple times. All right, so I think that's a little bit of the structure covered. So we're looking at choosing a particular time frame and repeating it. Now, there's a lot more to it than this. So we're going to get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty and the details of it. So what I want you to think about next is your intensity. So there's a number of different training zones or intensity zones that we can look at when we are programming training. Now, as I said before, most of your running should be that easy jogging, comfortable pace. Okay, so we call this sort of our base training or our aerobic zone. It should be easy. You should be able to hold a conversation. You should finish that feeling relatively okay. Obviously, if you're a complete beginner, running at all is going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. You're going to feel like it's tough. But over time, you should be able to get more and more comfortable at this easy pace. I think it's really common for us to get a little bit caught up and go a little bit too hard. So just try and pull back a little bit. Your jogging pace should be just a little bit more than a walk for most of you if you're a beginner. Um, Then we move on towards more of our tempo efforts. So our tempo is just that next progression. Um, You could call it zone three, depending on which zonal system you use. But basically tempo should be a pace that we can hold for an hour. 
Now, of course, an hour can seem like a long time, especially if you're a beginner. So don't stress. If you're someone who can't run for an hour, this won't be as relevant for you. But if you're someone who runs half marathons, marathons, anything like that, then you should be thinking about your tempo pace as something that you could hold for an hour. Now, you should still be able to talk during this effort or this intensity, but you probably won't be able to get any complete sentences out or you might have to have a pause for a breath or, you know, you're not going to have a really nice, easy flowing conversation. You might be a little bit more puffed if you are talking at tempo pace. Then we move on to our threshold. Now, in terms of our intensity or effort, the talk test, you should be able to still get a few words out, but it's not going to be complete sentences. You're not going to be having a chat during this. This should feel quite hard. Now, during, it's during this time that we start to get some more of those adaptations. So this threshold and our next zone, the VO2 max zone, are really where we're starting to utilize the right systems to be pushing our body to a limit or to an intensity that's going to encourage and elicit some nice adaptations. So we're trying to improve our ability to buffer out the byproducts during this phase or this zone. Okay, so what happens when we're jogging along our heart rates? ticking away we've got lactate and other byproducts moving around in our system and they should be staying kind of at two millimoles doesn't really matter what the number is but if you just for a little bit of science for you about one to two millimoles um, is about where your lactate sits at rest so anywhere between two to three to four is kind of where we're sitting at that easy to tempo pace as soon as we get around the four millimole mark is when we start to hit our lactate threshold now this is at the point at which our body can no longer buffer out the lactic acid and the other byproducts as efficiently as it does produce it. So you can just imagine you've got this lactic acid producing and it's, you know, there's more more of it coming out or flowing through the bloodstream. And at a certain lower intensity, your body can just kind of get rid of it and buffer it out and keep things at a nice homeostatic level where things are nice and even and controlled and calm. As soon as we go past this four millimole mark, we then start to struggle to get rid of our waste products and they start to build up and accumulate more and more. And that's when we start to feel that burning sensation. We start to feel like we're gasping for air. We're really struggling and it's really hard to sustain. So using our intervals to get our body used to this intensity is a really good way to improve your fitness, improve your lactate threshold and improve your ability to sustain a high intensity for a longer time. So these threshold efforts should be somewhere between a two to one work rest ratio. So this means, for example, you might run for three minutes and then you're going to have a 90 second rest. Okay, so you're giving your body a little bit of time to recover, but not so much that all those lactic acids and and the byproducts kind of completely disappear and you're fresh again. Okay, so you still want you want to get your body used to working at an intensity where that those systems are still in place and where those um, products are still in your system and you're still having to work through that and getting your body more efficient at buffering and clearing that lactic acid okay so we want to make sure that our rest periods are appropriate for what we're training for and that's a really important key thing with our interval training is our work rest ratio okay so this threshold effort we're thinking two to one work rest ratio so that might be 10 minutes on, five minutes off, it might be five on, two and a half off. That's kind of what we're working with here. Okay, so that's threshold. Then we move on to our final category or final zone that we're going to talk about today, which is our VO2 max zone. Now, in terms of the talk test, you shouldn't be able to speak. (laughs) If you really, really had to, you could probably say a word every 10 seconds or so. 
but you shouldn't really be able to. Okay, so this is kind of our top speed. This is sort of 90, 95% of our maximum heart rate um, that we're working on here. And this is going to have a number of adaptations. It's going to improve your, well, increase the amount of mitochondria you have and how efficient that is. We've got capillarization going on, so you're more efficient at transporting the oxygen. Your heart grows and so many other things. There's so many things happening at this level. And I think this is a really important thing to highlight is when we're doing interval sessions, we need to make sure that we're actually working in these higher zone so that we're getting the benefit from it i think a lot of us spend a lot of time in this gray zone where we're not quite finding it super easy but we're also not working at our top end speed so we're just kind of sitting somewhere in the middle which just from the research isn't as effective at getting us good results whereas the easy training and then the higher intensity training seems to be a little bit better now with these vo2 max intervals we want to have a little bit more rest because our goal here is to accumulate a lot of time spent at the vo2 max effort but if we don't have enough rest and if we have a similar um, frame of mind as we did with the threshold sessions then we're not allowing our body to fully rest and recover in between intervals meaning that we're not able to reach those max intensities okay so you if you're working on VO2 max or those really top end fast hard efforts, then you want to make sure you've got kind of a one to one work rest ratio. So you might be running for three minutes and then you have a complete rest for three minutes. And that's going to hopefully allow our body to recover just enough so that you can then hit that same intensity again on that next effort. Okay, so there are training zones. Just a reminder, we've got our easy conversational base training aerobic zone. Then we move on to our tempo where you can still kind of chat, but it's a little bit harder. You're a little bit more puffed, starting to get a little bit uncomfortable, but you can sustain that effort for about an hour. Then we move on to our threshold, which is again, a little bit faster, a little bit harder. You can maybe get a few words out here and there. We're starting to play with our work to rest ratios here. So we're getting about a five minute effort running quite hard intensity with a two and a half minute rest. Then we move on to our VO2 max where we're at our almost complete max we can sustain that pace for a couple of minutes but we need a little bit more rest to recover and get our body ready for the next interval okay so there are five training zones now the threshold and the vo2 max are kind of where we want to be sitting when we're looking at our interval sessions the tempo and the easy running that's going to be more of just your everyday continuous runs all right so as much as we all like to be told exactly what to do i think principles are really important so i'm just going to go over and refresh your mind that interval training needs to be hard. We need to recover in between, but that recovery varies on what we're kind of going for. So you've got to have a bit of a plan or a bit of a target, or I guess something that you're aiming for to get to get the most out of the session. Now, if you're a complete beginner, just running on feel and running something that feels relatively hard and then having a little rest and repeating that is totally fine. If you want to get a little bit more specific with it, you can start to use a little bit more um, specific numbers and data and getting into the right training zones which is going to help so there's a couple of different ways you can structure your interval session you can do something called fartlek which we've spoken about before which is swedish for speed play and it's basically just a fun different way of doing your interval so you might be a little bit more i guess sporadic or a little bit more random with how you choose your intervals so for example you might run down to the next set of lights and then you might walk across the road and then you might run to the next lamppost and then you might walk and you just pick and choosing it's a little bit more intuitive it's a little bit more free-flowing there's less structure to it so that's a nice way without the pressure of being on a track and having to hit certain splits and all of that sort of stuff it's a nice way to introduce a little bit of speed without getting too 
caught up with the specifics. Then we kind of move into our short and long interval sessions. So you might go through a short interval session, which could be something like 10 lots of 200 meter efforts with a 90 second recovery. So if it's taking you 45 seconds to run the 200 meter and then you're giving yourself 90 seconds recovery, that's plenty of time to have yourself recovered and ready to go to hit that top speed again. If you wanted to have that session as more of an endurance-based session, then you might look at doing your 200 meters in 45 seconds if that's a hard effort for you, if that's kind of your threshold or moving into more of your V2 max heart rate zone, then you're going to reduce your rest if you're looking at endurance. So you might have a one-to-one rest work ratio. So you're running for 45 seconds, you're resting for 45 seconds, you're repeating that. That's going to mean you're not able to run quite as quick during the efforts, but you are teaching your body to buffer out the lactate acid and get a little bit more comfortable being uncomfortable, as cliche as that is. Okay, so they'd be more of your shorter efforts. Then you can just basically progress this from here. So personally, I probably wouldn't run anything shorter than 200. I think 100 meters is probably not relevant for what I'm training for, but maybe if you were doing a 3K or a 5K, it might be more relevant to you. Um, But yeah, I would probably start mine at 200 meters and then working anywhere for me personally up to about a mile or a 1500 meter 1600 meter sort of effort I think for me if I go anywhere beyond that it probably would start to turn into more of a jog than a higher intensity effort and I think that's something that we all need to sort of figure out where our upper limit is because if you know for some people running a full lap around the track a full 400 meter run you may get 300 meters in and then be really struggling and start to jog and you know, really struggle to get to the finish. And I just don't think you're getting enough out of it that way. So I think you need to be honest with yourself, find out where you're at and choose a distance or a time that is appropriate for you to get the most out of the session. So if you're finding that you're needing to jog because the distance or duration is too long, then I would cut that back. Okay, so you'd be better off doing 10 300s at a higher intensity than 10 400s that's kind of half-hearted or a little bit slower. So that's just something to be mindful of as well. All right, so time for some specifics. Now I'm going to have, if I pull my finger out and get it done, a link to a PDF with some interval session structure for you. So you're going to have a couple of example sessions that you can test. Um, You can load those up onto your Garmin app and then your watch will just beep when you need to run and beep when you need to stop if you've got a Garmin. Otherwise, just downloading a simple timer app on your phone can be a good way to do it as well. But I would highly recommend checking that out so that you can get involved in some sessions straight away. If you need any more specific advice, just reach out to us. We can provide you with some more information about that. But for example, we've got our beginner's session, which I would suggest to be 30 seconds of jogging, 90 seconds of walking times 10, leading to a 20 minute total session. Now, of course, as always, you can adjust this to suit your needs. You can make it shorter or longer. You can change the rep scheme or the duration totally up to you. Moving on to our intermediate session, I would suggest something along the lines of six by 400 meters with an equal rest. So if the 400 meters takes you two minutes, I would then give you two minutes rest and I would repeat that six times. The advanced session can look a little bit more complicated. And I think what comes with this territory is figuring out your pacing strategy and working on being able to know how fast you should be able to go for certain distances. So a session for someone who is a little bit more advanced could be something like 200 meters, 400, 600, 800, 1K, 800, 600, 400, 200. Now, of course, because all these distances are different, they kind of, you add 200 meters each time and then you come back down. 
for someone who's a little bit new to running, they might struggle to work out how hard to to run each of those because obviously your 200 meter pace and your 1K pace are going to be completely different. So someone who is a little bit more familiar with pacing, this would be a really great session for that. Now, figuring out the rest can be quite complicated for a session like this. So this is why I wouldn't do it if I wasn't super confident. But I think a simple guide that you can go off is just again coming back to that two to one work rest ratio. So if 200 meters takes you one minute, I'd have 30 seconds rest after that. If 400 meters takes you two minutes, I'd have a minute rest. 600 might take you three minutes, I'd have 90 seconds rest. 800 takes you four minutes, two minutes rest. 1K takes you six minutes, three minutes rest. Okay, hopefully that's not too many numbers for you, but that was that would be how I would structure it personally. Now, this is where it gets a little bit complicated doing a group session because obviously everyone runs at different paces. Each of these distances takes them a different amount of time. So structuring that can be a little bit challenging. But if you get benefit from being in a group and you enjoy the social aspect of it and you get to be pushed a little bit more because there are people in front or behind of you that encourage you, then I think it's worth sacrificing a few seconds of rest to be in that environment. I think that environment can be really beneficial. And I think running intervals on your own can be quite challenging. I know I've had plenty of times where I've had this lengthy session planned and I've maybe done two of the first reps and then kind of just got over it and gone home. But I know if I was in a group environment, then that wouldn't happen. So there's definitely pros and cons to both. But yes, I think they are kind of three general sessions you don't need to do them exactly like that you don't there's no you're not gonna get any particular golden ticket by doing any of these but they're just kind of simple ways to structure things and from there you can tweak things you can increase the reps the sets the distance the intensity decrease the rest all that sort of stuff I think what is important with this in terms of consistency is testing and retesting so You might have done a 10K fun run recently and you know what time that took you and that was a hard effort for you. That can be a nice baseline. And then once you follow a program with intervals and a long run and whatever else you're doing for 12 weeks, then retest, do another 10K fun run and see if you've improved. I think that's a nice way to measure progress. Now, obviously, choosing races as your outcome measure can be a bit tricky because assuming they're in a different location there might be different people around you different conditions different time of year all that sort of stuff makes things a little bit challenging so another way to do it is just do your own time trial you can pick a distance that's relevant for you might be a 2k 3k 5k 10k whatever it is but I would try and do a time trial to measure where you're at at the moment and then go through a 12-week program and then retest at the end and see if you've made progress Then from there, you can also adjust your efforts. So as we were speaking about before, we've had the VO2 max, the threshold, the tempo, different efforts, and they're all correlated with heart rate and RPE. So heart rate is what most of you will have on your watch. If you've got a wrist watch strap, then the heart rate isn't super accurate. If you've got a chest strap, it's very accurate. So I would suggest getting in to see myself or even Lydia now for a VO2 max and lactate threshold assessment so that you can get accurate data and know exactly what training zones you're in. So if you're trying to run a VO2 max pace, it's really hard to know what that is without having the heart rate. If you don't have access to that test, if it's financially not viable or you're not local to Sydney, then just going off RPE, which is that rate of perceived exertion. So picking a number between 0 and 10, and that is the intensity you're going to go for. So if you're doing a VO2 max effort, that's got to be about an 8 or a 9 out of 10. Threshold would be more sort of your 7 to 8. Tempo would be more of your 5 and 6. Base training is going to be anything under 5. 
closer hopefully to two or three um, and then tempo can probably dip a little bit below towards that four and five as well so they're just some ways to keep track of your effort I talked about the torque test before that's a really nice easy one but yeah you can also correlate this to RPE and heart rate as well um cool okay we're just going to finish off with a couple of listener questions now shout out to Blake from the sports medicine project always providing a great question um he has asked why do people take 30 to 90 second or one to two minute rests now I think I've spoken this about this quite a lot and I think it comes back to that work rest ratio so it's going to depend completely on what you're doing so the 30 to 90 second rest is probably going to be relevant if you are it's going to depend on it completely what session you're doing. So if you were doing a 1K session and the 1K efforts were taking you five minutes, 30 to 90 seconds rest is pretty short. So that's going to be more focused around your endurance. You probably won't be able to hit as high effort on the 1K efforts, um, but it will be a different focus where you're working on a really short rest period, meaning that you're not giving your body much time to buffer through that lactic acid and you're working on training on heavy legs and not really fully recovering. So that can be a nice strategy. The 30 to 90 second rest might also be relevant for if you were doing a one minute effort and then having 30 seconds rest, then that would work quite well. If you wanted to have a little bit longer rest and you can use the 90 seconds. So it really depends. It's really individual, depends on the person and the session. But I think in general, the reason I choose particular rest times is based on the time that it takes me to do the work period. So however long that's going to take, if it's going to be a distance then I have to estimate how long it's going to take, if it's time-based, it's a little bit more simple. And I generally like to go from, for that two to one work rest ratio or one-to-one if I'm working a little bit harder. So that will be my answer to that. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, We've also got a question from Nick. Are you better to sprint finish the last effort or the last rep, or should you be moderately slash working hard throughout the whole session, moderate to hard effort? I've got to go with the moderate to hard. I think so many people (laughs) just sprint the last one, which we all kind of do and everyone wants to kind of win the last rep but I think it's a bit of a cop-out and I think you should be working hard for the whole session otherwise I don't know if you're getting as much out of it um that would be my answer to that and then we've just got some questions around when to structure or when to add in interval training and I think as I spoke about before I think beginners can start with interval training from day one using it as a way to increase their distance and be able to run for longer at a harder effort and I think for more Um, seasoned runners more intermediate intermediate runners then I think having it throughout most of your training can be really helpful I think it's always good to have a down period where you're just doing easy running there's no structure to it it's just all fun and a little bit of downtime so I think following a race maybe the month after a big race I probably would take the interval sessions out and then I'd reintroduce them mostly for a bit of variety but also we know how beneficial they are to our training but I think it's all about periodization so you're not just going to go throughout the whole season doing 10 400s every week. I don't think that's beneficial. I think there has to be some sort of progression to it. So, you know, in week one, you might do five lots of 200. The following week, you might do six lots of 300. Then you might do eight lots of 300. You might do six 400s. So I think looking at the total volume of the session is a really good way to track the progress, but also measuring RPE. Now, this is where it gets a little bit complicated with programming and progression is a 1k at your max effort is not equal to a 1k at a really easy jogging pace so looking at just total k's and total volume over the week is a little bit misleading 
and can lead to injury because people are just assuming that, you know, they're gently progressing. Maybe they're adding 10% per week to their kilometers, but they're not really understanding the intensity. So ideally, I would be looking at the intensity times by the minutes or the duration. So if, for example, in week one, your interval session, you're running for a total of 20 minutes in that session, and you rate the RPE to be a 7 out of 10, then that's worth 140 units we don't really have a unit name for it i think trimp is something that uh brody sharp has termed um and i think that's been used in the research but basically just your intensity times the minutes that you were running at that intensity so if that was 140 in week one you'd maybe want to look at getting somewhere around the 160 170 mark for week two and just continue progressing that way so you're either adding intensity or you're adding volume or a little bit of both so that would be how i would look at that structuring it throughout the year with gradual progressions and then some tapering and deloading periods throughout that. Cool. All right. Well, that is just under 30 minutes. So thank you all for listening so much. I really appreciate having you here with me today. If you've got any further questions, I could go all day about this, but I wanted to keep it relatively short and sweet and just give you a general overview of interval training. But if you've got questions, please feel free to reach out. You can contact us via Instagram at StrongerStride or on email at stronger, uh, what is it? Strongerstride at gmail.com. Um, yeah, any way you reach us is totally fine. More questions, the better. Um, we can help each other out. Thank you so much for listening. If you want any tailwind for your endurance runs or Vivo Barefoots for your training, we've got some discount links below. Um, and yeah, please subscribe. We can now see actually on Anchor, which is our podcast platform, we can see how many subscribers we have on Spotify, which is really fun. Um, so please hit that button if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode. And we will chat to you next Sunday. Thank you again. Bye.